turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23. Uh, a lot of people are like, I know this passage. I'm glad you do. It is it's familiar. I know. Uh, I, I want to approach it from this perspective of resolution, uh, of, of an angle of this that's so important. Uh, we just finished Christmas. We had a great Christmas. How many of you, just out of curiosity, you were able to be home and not leave the house on Christmas all day? Raise your hand. It was like, okay. So it was, for us, that's what we did. We didn't leave for nothing. I mean, we were able to be home morning, noon, and night. Uh, we were able to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner all at home together. It was great. It was awesome. We got up. We did our Christmas traditions. We, we do our Bible study through Luke like we normally do. We pray together. We do gifts. We do breakfast, all those kind of things. Then Christmas was over. Next morning, we got up, and I am telling you, it was go time. I, I, I remember, I just was in this zone. I was just like, had this mindset, and, and I went out, and I just, I had the day off, so there was things that I wanted to get done. Uh, so I grabbed my keys, I took my car down, I cleaned my car inside and out. I've not been able to do that in a while. I drove up in, the par- in her driveway, I went in the house, grabbed Jen's keys, went out, grabbed her car, went down, washed it inside and out, came back, walk in the house, and there's that Christmas tree. And I'm thinking, Christmas is over, that thing's coming down. So I grabbed all the totes, and I'm in there like throwing the bulbs and the, all the lights and things like that, put it down. Jenny didn't even know that I was doing this. Then I went upstairs, and we had this room full of like Amazon boxes. She was deep cleaning this other room that we were doing all these things as a house uh, and, and just getting it done because my, my mindset was different. Okay, Christmas is over, now it's the new year, and, and I love the new year because it is, and I know everybody's like, you don't need a new year to have a new year's resolution. You're right, you don't. But there's something about a fresh start. There's something about starting a new calendar, a new journal, or whatever you do. There's something about 2023 being gone and standing at the, the, the starting point of something new, and, and that's why we have all these things that we do of New Year's resolutions. There's things that I want to change, things that I want to improve. There should be something inside each and every one of us that we have this heart to make things better. God's called us to better. God's called us to improve our lives. The Word of God changes our lives. Why would we settle for anything being broken when God makes us whole? Amen. You guys are dead today. Are you guys okay? Everybody all right? <laughs> It's like it's New Year's Eve, all right, you're just ready to party tonight or whatever you're, okay. Uh, but I, I'm glad you're here because I, 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 I want to get into this, is this. I think it's the same thing spiritually. We, we get into this, this I don't know, we get, we get lazy. Can we just say it like that, we get lazy? I mean, we know there's all these things that we should be doing as Christians. And, and I know I'm not talking, some of you are new Christians. Some of you, maybe you're here for the first time and you're like, I'm just trying to figure this out. We're glad you're here. You're in the right place. But I know for a, a, a big group of us, we grew up in church. How many of you grew up in church? Raise your hand. You grew up in church. Okay. So there's a lot of hands, familiar hands saying, this is nothing new. If I got up and said, you should be living by faith, nobody's going to be like, what? You know, I'm just, you, should be, you should be giving and you should be sacrificing. You should be walking by faith and not by sight. It's what we do. It's what we do. We, we should live with passion. We should live with uh, a zeal for God and the things for God. I mean, it's, we, we should be growing in our faith. We should be serving the Lord. We should be worshiping on Sundays. We should be doing all these things. But here's the, here's the truth of the matter. It's the same reason that we start these New Year's resolutions. We allow things to creep into our lives that pull us back from being and doing what we should do. 
It's the same thing as like your New Year's resolution. I'm going to start doing this and stop doing this. I'm going to, I'm going to dust off the treadmill, okay? I know, I know the thinking is like I'm going to dress. I'm, I'm going to get back and start you know, engaging in all these things. You know why you're going to get back to those? Because you let some of those things go. And when you let some of those things go, things change in your life. Same thing as if your car, if, if you have the manual and you say, I'm supposed to change my oil, I'm supposed to maintain uh, all these different aspects of it, tire pressure and things like that, you let it go. So eventually, it's not going to run like it should. Our Christian lives eventually are not operating the way that God intended them to be because we eventually start slacking off on the things that we know is right. You know, how it, it doesn't come and happen with an engine light coming on. It'd be great if it worked that way. Okay, you know, that spiritual light comes on, you're, you know, you're low on patience. I wish it worked that way. But it is this work this way when your kids get to the point where like, I don't want to be around mom and dad because all they do is fight all the time. Just so you know, if you have that kind of life, it's not what God wanted it to be. If you're, if you're a parent and you start yelling at your kids and say, oh, I know a cuss in front of them. I yell them, but I just, I'm just stressed all the time. I've promised you that lifestyle is not from God. You can justify it all day long. I'm going to tell you, when God has called us to a life to live, we can justify things. But when we, we start living this life that God didn't create, things begin to get off track. Things begin to fall apart, and it's not what it should be. And I, I think a lot of us have created these toxic Christianity lives that there, there's just, it's just messed up. It's not what God wanted it for us to be, and it's just not living. We're not living the way that God wanted us to be. But I, I just want it to be a day to, to reevaluate exactly what God has. So a resolution is a firm decision to do or not do something. So regardless of where my life is, I've got away from my Bible reading. I, I have allowed uh, habits to get into my life. I, I talk ways that I know I shouldn't. I watch things that I shouldn't. I listen to things that I shouldn't. I, 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 love, I lose my temper in front of my kids or whatever it is. I'm just, I know that from here on out, I have got to step into the new year with a decision that is going to be better, and I want to change things. So that's what a resolution is. Uh, we make a lot of New Year's resolutions, but let me tell you, this is the only one that we truly need to make. David said this. You're going to, you're going to listen to this and be like, oh my goodness, I've heard this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. No, I don't know, that's cute. It, it is the most popular passage in the Old Testament. It is literally the most popular passage in the Old Testament. We hear that, and it's not like life, you know, shaking like information or whatever. But David, and I'll explain why this is such a big deal. Uh, David was explaining that we were sheep. And you guys know that he was a shepherd as a young man. And the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. The Bible identifies us as sheep. When did you, I'd rather the Bible say all of us as Christians are like roaring lions. You know, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> you know, it's like the inner lion inside of me. It was like... I hate to tell you guys, your inner animal, okay, you don't have to do a Facebook quiz to figure this out. Your inner animal is you're a sheep. <laughs> That's it. Sheep are not survivalists. You let them out in the wilderness, they're going to die in a day. They, they're, they're not survivalists. They, they can't maintain themselves. They're not hunters. You're never going to find a National Geographic where this lamb is slowly creeping through the woods. You know, sneaking up on its prey and then jumping out. That, you're never going to find that, okay? They're passive creatures. They're dumb, okay? I'm just going to put it out there. And say, wait a minute. You just said we're like sheep. I know. Connect the dots. Sheep are dumb. Okay. They do dumb things. Uh, there's a lot of stories and documentaries that literally have proven this. Like, they, they've had, like, found, like, 100 sheep at the bottom of, of, like, a cliff. And they said it's true that if one sheep, if they're following each other, one sheep goes over the edge, 
The next one just goes over the edge until there's a big pile of dead sheep. You say, why is that? They have to be led. They, 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 they're not survivalists. They, they can't, they're, they're dumb creatures. And the Bible says, if I could explain the importance of understanding this passage, it's because the Lord is, let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. I want you to understand this. It would make sense if we just taught this passage from this perspective, that David was this young shepherd boy, and he'd play his harp and get his sheep around, and he'd sit there on the side of the, the hill, and the breeze would blow, and he, he would just worship God. And one day he was looking at the sheep, and he looked up, and he says, the Lord, you are my shepherd. I shall not want. And we make it all cute. That's not when it was written. Psalm 23 wasn't written until later in David's life. So if you were to do like the math or go back in the history of it, David was reflecting back at being youth. But if you were to go through kind of the timeline, David was the one that when he walked up on Goliath, he, he, he told them, I've fought a lion and a bear and God was with me. Okay, God sustained me to do that. Man, that's the power of God. David then gets the courage to go out there and throws a rock at Goliath and the, he, he comes tumbling down. He chops off his head. He comes out with the head and you know, he's, he's, he's bragging on the power of God and what God did in that moment. David then as a young man is, is put into the position of leading an army. David goes as a young man charging into the battle, fighting in the, the spirit of God, allowing God to lead them to victory and doing all these things. David then is on the run from Saul. David is writing scripture. David is walking with God. David is saying, God, why hast thou forsaken me? Lord, I experienced your goodness through here. And then David is, is on this peak. And then he gets into a time where, well, David is, um, he messed up. He sinned. Dave, Dave throws a lot of it away. So I, I want you to see when David gets to the point in his life where he said, wait a minute. I've been in the good and I've been in the bad. I've, I've been in the victories. I've, I've been on the mountaintops. I've seen God do great things. I've been in the experience of just the, the anointing of God on my life. But I've been in the lows when everything fell apart, where nothing is working out. And all I am is stressed all the time. And I'm aggravated all the time. And I'm, I'm mad at God. I'm mad at life of, because of decisions that I made. And David just says these words. And he looks back at being a shepherd. And he says, you know what? You are my shepherd. I'm sick of being in want. It wasn't just a cute thing that he wrote. It was a declaration. It was a resolution. It was a, it was a de determination. As he was saying, this is the way that it's going to be. The Lord is my shepherd. The resolution literally was this. I will follow God. Now I'm telling you. This, this isn't at the beginning of his life when he was, like, like a lot of us, like the, he was lived the Christian life, grew up in church, knew the songs, knew to fast and pray, knew to do all these things. He's looking back saying, I've gotten away from a lot of things in my life and I've got to get back. It's not just a matter of us knowing what to do as Christians. It's a matter about us doing the things that we know to do as Christians. The Bible, David could testify, the Bible says this, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And I, and I mention this verse a lot. I, th I think it really connects with us because just because we go to church and just because we, 
we, we know the songs and, and your playlist on your Spotify is talking about, Lord, do it again. And he's never lost a battle. He never will. And this is when I fight, I fight on my knees. And man, that's great. That's awesome. Keep it up. But if that doesn't translate into your life, like, God, you, I, I surrender everything. God, you are my all in all. God, I, I, whatever you do, wherever you lead me, whatever you say, I sacrifice. I lay my, my life at the altar. You know all the songs. You guys know what I'm talking about. But then when it comes to how we're going to live our lives and we push God out of that, it's determining how, how we're going to talk to our kids and how we're, going to, how we're going to be honest on our taxes. It's a matter of the road rage that we justify or the things that we, 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 we make up excuses for or how we treat our spouses or how we treat our kids. And it doesn't translate from, from the amens that we said in church. Or it doesn't, it doesn't identify with the songs that we play on our playlist. And God says, you know what it is? You're double-minded. You want the things of God and the power of God and the moving of God, but you don't live it. And an unst- <laughs> a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You say, you're going to find that you're constantly up and down. You're constantly. Now, let me tie this in. Listen to this. In Psalm 23, verse 1, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. The second part is that, is I shall not want the, the word want, or I shall not want, that phrase literally means to fail, to have lack, meaning that something is missing when I don't follow God. It means to fail or to fall apart. So he's saying, I know the life of putting God first. I know the life when God's leading me. But he said, I also know it when I'm not, because he said, I, I'm living a life of just things failing all the time. Let me, let me be honest with this, okay? Whether you're watching online or you're listening here in person, we have got to get sick and tired of the toxic Christianity that we have created in our lives. Let me tell you what I mean by that. It should not be part of the life of Christians that we're always trying to catch up in life. I'm not saying that we're not going to go through hard times. I'm not even saying that we're not going to go through valleys. I'm not going to say that there's times that you don't get stressed. But for Christians to say, and moms to say, and dads to say, and for us to live a life saying, all I am is stressed out all the time, and your kids are the recipient of that feeling all the time, something's wrong. Guys hear me? Something is wrong. When we get so frustrated at everything that we take it out on our family, our kids, or our coworkers all the time, we justify something is wrong. It's not the way that God created us to be. And David said, I, I know that life of knowing what it feels like to feel like I'm failing all the time. Things are not adding up. Things are not clicking. I, I, he said, I'm sick of being in want. But he said, I'm taking a declaration. When I make it in my life that God is the soul of everything, the, the, the center of everything, I have learned that I am not battling those things in that way. I shall not want. So the resolution is this. When God is the number one, he said this. The resolution is, I will follow God. And you say, yes, okay. I'm sick of the stress. I'm sick of everything falling apart. I'm sick of, I'm sick of being at my, my spouse's throat all the time. I'm, I'm tired of all these things. Then here it is. This is what this passage is saying. Then some things need to change. In order for us to get into this passage and totally understand it, David was saying, you know, I, I, I know as sheep, when we realize that we fall in the ditch and we make mistakes, we, we've gone through a series of 
starving and things not adding up and things like that. And he said, when I make the Lord my shepherd, he says, I lead you. So come on, come on, we're going to do this. Everything that the shepherd said, he was leading them to better. Literally means that the sheep had to be solely dependent on the shepherd for every step that they did. From the time that they would wake up to how to eat, how to sleep, where to go, when the drink of the brook, when not the drink of the brook. Everything had to be dependent on the shepherd. They were totally dependent on the shepherd. If we got off and did our own thing, we would end up in trouble. So David was saying this, and this is the declaration, God, whatever you say. No, that's easy to say in our our hearts and minds, but living it out is a totally different thing. Wherever you tell me to go, whatever you say is right. Whatever needs to go in my life or whatever you say I need to do in my life, that is what I was gonna, that's what I'm going to do. So he's, the, the, the thing is, if you're totally going to say, I will follow God, then there are some things that need to change. Verse 2, listen to this. You're not going to do this unless you're submitted to the shepherd, unless you say, I will follow God. He, he maketh me. God makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Do you understand this basic principle that God is teaching from the very beginning is I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do some things in your life, but you've got to trust me. Let me tell you, this is true in all of our lives that we are worn out. In this principle that God is teaching, he said, I'm going to bring you to a place. And he says, I'm going to have you stop, lay down, rest. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to give you the water. I'm going to sustain you. But he said, you've got to follow me to listen to me to do these things. You understand that there's a lot of things that don't work in our Christian life because we've gotten away from some of the basics of the Christian life. Saying the basics. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We got one day one, two, three, four, five, six. And then God finished with man on day six. On day seven, what did God do? Help me out here. God rested. Now, it wasn't because God needed the rest, because God doesn't get weary or tired. He doesn't. But God gave us an example of time. He gave us an example of the week. He gave us an example of how to operate. And on, this, on the seventh day, God rested. And in, in this example, the, the, the Bible is saying, God says, I'm going to lead you to a place of rest. There should be a day cut out in our lives that we just simply stop and we rest. We are not good at that. Can, can you guys just give me an amen or something here? Tell me you're with me. We are not good at that. But you know what we are good at doing? We're good at being worn out all the time. Life is not working. I'm so tired. I'm so stressed. I would have more patience with my kids if I wasn't on edge all the time. I am just so stressed out. I'm so t- and, and that's literally in the world that is that way, but it, I'm saying it is just as true in the church. But let me tell you, it wasn't just a matter of rest. Listen to me. It wasn't just a matter of rest. He says, he brings me to the green pastures and he makes me drink of the still waters. He renews our hearts and our spirit by feeding us and giving us the things that we need to nurture us to be able to walk into Monday after we had the rest on Sunday. Now, let me tell you guys, there is a lot of things. You guys know what the term old school is? You guys know what I'm talking about? You guys say, you're like, yeah, we used to do that. That's so old school. That's so old school. There's some things that are simply old school. They're old ways and old styles and old songs or old methods or old programs, whatever, that are just old school. They're not bad. It's just what the previous generation did. There are some things that I think our generation starts calling old school and pushing off that are not old school. They're God's way. Guys, listen to me when I say this. 
There are some things that are non-negotiable in the Bible because the one that made you, the one that created you to have these things in your life, they are non-negotiables in our lives. I believe that when God had a day that he set aside, it was for us to stop and rest and be uh, fed in our spirit and our hearts. And I believe that church is one of those things. So, of course, the pastor is going to talk about the importance of church. Can I tell you when Jesus was establishing the church and he said to Peter, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Our remodel project right now is epic. Um, the things that we're doing, the, the vision that we have, uh, I mean, if you guys are guests with us, you know that this room is temporary. We're getting back to our sanctuary and stuff like that. That is not the church. What we're doing right now of gathering God's people together is the church. God had a plan, the ecclesia, the called out body of believers. It's, it's not about the windows. It's not about the walls. It's not about the pulpit. It's not about those things. It's about God's people coming together with the purpose of knowing God, loving God, loving each other, making a difference and, and worshiping God. That is the church. And God established from the very beginning of the church age, the calling out and assembly of this. So here's the thing that we, God, God brings us to a place to be fed of the word of God, to be nurtured, to be reminded in fellowship. You know why? Because we need that to face Monday. We need that. So of course you're going to say that. You're the pastor. You're going to preach the importance of going to church. It wasn't me that created that. It was God that created that. And it's amazing how we let Satan win in this area. If, If God said in the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, no wonder he's going to go after this. Have you ever thought about that? You, know, you can imagine Satan getting together with the demons. I'm not saying it works this way, okay. But he get together with them and just says, man, the, the church is powerful. The, the Bible says that we shall not prevail against them. What do you think he's going to go after? If he can make this optional or the idea of us coming together to be the church or operate in the church, then, then we literally let down our, our defenses against the war that we're facing every single day of our lives. David was saying, I'm sick and tired of losing. I'm sick and tired of this. God was establishing something that would make a difference. It's amazing how this passage goes into when God says, he maketh me. Have you ever thought about that? He makes me. He makes me lie down. He does these things. Have you guys ever came on a Sunday or reading your Bible or anything like that where you just didn't want to? Raise your hand right now. You just say, there's days that I do not want to go to church. The rest of you are lying. You're lying. (laughs) What in the world? Hey, listen, I love my job. I love what I do. I hit the snooze button like five times this morning. Okay, I'm just being honest. And, and, And there's just some days. I'm just being honest. You guys, I just don't want to be here. Is that bad? Should I say that? It's just the truth. There's some days that my flesh does not want to be here. Do you know why I don't listen to my flesh? Because I am a sheep. And when I listen to myself, I end up doing and being in the wrong places and not being what God wants me to be. That's why the Lord is my shepherd I'm going to follow the shepherd to lead and go against my flesh because we have to fight against our flesh and these things. You skip church because you're too tired or you skip the nourishment that you need and your devotions on Monday or Tuesday. You skip that prayer time that you have. You are skipping what God says. He makes me, he tells me, he directs me to stop and to rest and to be in the place that he wants us to be. 
our 2024 resolution has to be is I will follow God. I will make a priority out of the things that God makes a priority. I will put him first. I, I, I will allow God to work on my heart and my life. I, I want to be where God wants me to be, and I want these changes. Now listen to this. Watch this. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He brings me to be spiritually fed. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He, he brings me to the nourishment that I need. Listen to verse 3. This is, this is every one of us would be like, yes, Lord, I want that. He restoreth my soul. I can tell you right now, God can do in your life to prepare you for Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever you're facing in your life. He can prepare you more to give you the energy and the effectiveness in your life way more than Red Bull or Starbucks could ever do. He's like, I'm dragging all this on. I just can't. I'm just dragging this, whatever. And God says, you know what? I, I, I've got a plan, and this is what I'm going to do. I will restore your soul. It doesn't just say restore your mind. It doesn't st- just restore the body. God says, I will restore the inner man. I will do a work in your life. I will do the encouragement in your life. I will renew your spirit in such a way to encourage you, to help you face whatever you're facing. Guys, without God, you're not going to make it through 2024. It's just too much. He rejuvenates the inner person. He brings it back. He restores and prepares us. The resolution is just simply, I will follow God. I will do what God called me to do. The question that I'm asking you is, what needs to change in 2024? What needs to be brought back into the spiritual walks of our lives that, that we've kind of pushed off or we've slacked off on or we've gotten lazy, if we're just being honest, that we've gotten lazy with? The Bible says that he restoreth my soul. Now listen to this. He leadeth me. Now it's like Psalm 23. Okay, most popular passage. It's like he restores my soul. He brings me. He feeds me. He makes me rest. He gives me what I need in order to face it. Then the Bible says, okay, I'm not done. I'm going to lead you. In the leading that he's about to do, remember, the only way that you're going to experience what he has next is you have to have a determination that I will, a resolution, I have made up my mind, I will follow God. Whatever God says, whatever God leads, and I'm going to do that because that's the only way to live life without being in want. Resolution, I will follow God because he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. God leads his people, my sheep, hear my voice, and they follow me. God will always lead us to what is right. That is what righteousness is. In order to do our own thing, And to pull back and say, I don't want to do that, is to live an unrighteous life. Let me put it like this. If we're not taking the path, it's not just a decision. It's not just something that I do. It's not just a Sunday or Wednesday thing. He says he leads me in the path of righteousness, which literally means, let me put it like this, that is a lifestyle. A path is the direction of my life. It is totally how I date It's how I manage my work. It's how I treat my spouse. He leads me in the paths that are right. You talk about a culture shock principle today. This literally means in the resolution of I will follow God, this means that there's some things 
that need to go. There are some things that need to go. Things that hold us back, things that pull us apart. There are habits that need to go that you know. Listen to us. You say, I've been in church my whole life. You know how easy it is even for people that have been in church most of their life where we slowly allow things to creep into our life that we know we should not do or should not have, but we justify them, we bring them in. We, 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 we would be the first one in a class to teach that this is wrong, but we're the ones that have started those practices in our lives. It's easy to do. You want to know how I know that? Look at David. David was a man after God's own heart. He's writing scripture about how much he was in love with God and how much he wanted to honor God. And yet David found himself sleeping with Bathsheba, causing a ripple effect of sin that affected his family and multiple other families, a result of slowly getting off. Have we done that? Do we do that? We're just over time. We just allow things to creep into our life that we know the Bible says is wrong. And, 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 and I know it's the easiest thing to just say, well, that's what the Baptist teacher, that's what my parents said growing up. Or uh, that, that's, no, no, listen. God declares what is right. We don't determine what is right in our lives. The day that we start writing and dictating and saying, well, I don't see it that way is the way that, you, that, that is simply saying that I'm not going to follow shepherd. I will do my own thing. There's some things that need to change relationships that need to go. Telling you the, those, those toxic relationships that we have in our lives that pull us in the wrong direction or pull us in the sin. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not just talking about friendships and things like that. I'm going to say, well, should we be reaching the world? We should be reaching the world. But I'm talking about influence over our lives that pull us in the wrong direction. I'm being honest and real. You talk about dating and, and, and the way that God's led us to, to do what is right. Is the person that you're dating right now, I don't care if you're 15 or 85, are they pulling you closer to God? Because when God said, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers, God is literally saying that, that, that marriage is bringing two people together to walk in unity towards the things of God. That, that, that God has a plan for how we are to live and maybe you're in a relationship that it's not, that, that you can change this because of a dating or a marriage relationship. But I'm talking about those that are dating. Are you putting God first? Are you setting that example? When it comes to the things of God, reading your Bible, going to church, or making decisions about separation, are they for you or against you when it comes to spiritual things? And if not... It's a simple thing where God says, I'm leading you to the path of righteousness. Literally, this is what I'm telling you to do. You have a choice right now to say, God, I surrender. I will move things or change things or let some things go. Or you say, you know what? I like what I'm doing. I'll keep what I'm doing and I'm not going to listen to you. Then I promise you, you will continue to be and want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Some of the toxic, depressed anxiety-filled lives that we have are because we create them. We walk into situations, we walk into lifestyles that God said, I never intended for you to have that burden. I never, I, I never added that weight to you. I've never added that pressure. You did this. Because here's the thing, the next passage is this is life. You guys ready? This is life. God brings us. This is the, the, I'm your shepherd. I'm going to teach you how not to fail in life. Not, I'm not saying not to struggle. I'm going to lead you 
to things that are going to feed you. I'm going to restore your soul. I'm going to renew your spirit because I'm going to lead you in paths of righteousness because there's another verse coming that applies to every one of us. Listen to this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Life is filled with trouble. You say, I'm not going through that. You will. Guys, did you hear me right now? You will. And every single one of us, in order to go through life, in order for those sheep to get from point A to point B, they had to go through dark times in their lives. And the question is, how many of us fall apart because we did not get the, we did not get the strength, we don't have the restored soul that we need, we're living an unrighteous life, we're not following the things of God, and then we get into those valleys and we're searching for God. Not that God leaves us, but we leave God. Every time we go through life, say, I've got this, I'll do it my own way, it falls apart, it falls apart, and pressure, pressure, pressure comes on us. Till we get into that dark place in our life and we're crying out, God, where are you? And God's telling us the whole time, you walked away from me. I never walked away from you. It's us. We do this. We constantly do this. And in the darkness, we're crying out for like, where's God? And why does God not care? Whatever. David said, I've learned something. When I just walk with God, Literally, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Monday about praying, saying, God, what do you want to do with my life today? God, what do you want to change in my marriage today? God, I, I, it's, it's Sunday, I'm gonna get up, get up and go to church. I'm gonna worship your name. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you first. David said, I've been in the valley. He says, can I testify? Can I just testify? I will fear no evil because you are with me. And that rod of correction of the word of God and thy staff of that comfort of pulling me back has brought me to this place. And there's no greater satisfaction in your life to know that when you hit hard times, you are not alone because you walk in the ways of God. I know this is one of the most simplistic messages that I could possibly preach. And I thought, man, does this even apply to a, a, a bunch of people that even go to church every Sunday and things? So did David. But he had to get to the place in his life. He said, you know, I'm going to make a declaration. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm tired of that. I, I, I'm looking for people this morning, whether you're in person or online, that just say, I want that. I'm tired of that toxic life of being stressed out all the time. I'm tired of living the weeks where I just say, I just want the week to be over. I just want, I just want to go to bed and forget this day. I just wish things were different. God says, wait, 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 wait. David says, when the Lord is my shepherd, I've learned that there's a better way. Can I tell you, can I tell you 2024 can be a better year when the Lord is the one making the calls in your life?